2: so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
1: The Daily Face-Off
2: podcast comes courtesy of The Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Beebs bondi Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 7, Episode 23 of the Daily Face-Off Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan. With me, as always, we've got Dylan D. Berthume and Michael Beebs bondi D, how's it going, bud?
1: Doing good, man. Happy to be here. Nowhere else in the world that I would rather be than right here, right now. On a Monday. <laughs> yeah, you got it.
2: And Biebs, I don't know if you can sound quite as excited as D, but how's it going, buddy? Yeah, I don't want to follow that one up. Um, all I have to say is, since we lasted an
0: episode, the Avalanche haven't lost, so uh, let's just keep that going. Um, and uh, probably the greatest January ever for the Avs, so the greatest January ever for Beebs. So, here we are.
2: They've won, what, like 18 in a row on home ice now? Uh, yes, they Something have. Like that? um
0: Yeah, Franchiser. and then went, went a nice 15-0-1 in the month of January, which was... Uh, Crazy because it's like more wins in one month than I think four teams in the league have all year. So it's
2: quite impressive. Fun times in the NHL. Fifteen over one is just outrageous. They are just so good. Um, it's all, right. all the
1: altitude. Let's be real. Yeah, it's yeah, it's all so Yeah. <laughs>
2: um. So today's show a little bit of fun. Um. You know we're reaching the midway point of the season here. It's All Star Week. So we figured we would hand out our mid season fantasy awards. Uh, if you wanna see who our midseason regular NHL award picks are, visit uh, dailyfaceoff.com, 11 writers uh, all pit, put in our ballots uh, this weekend and we we handed out the, some of the the key awards in the NHL. So if you if you're more interested in the real awards and the fantasy awards, which I don't know why you would be, or otherwise you wouldn't <laughs> be listening to this podcast, go check that out dailyfaceoff dailyfaceoff.com. Calm. Uh, but before we get into the awards, I just want to quickly uh, bring up some some streaming options for the week. Get the fantasy, real fantasy stuff out of the way right off the hop. Um, you, you know, if you're m- more of a reader than a listener, you can go over to Daily Face Off and check this out as well. But uh, obviously, it's a bit of a weird week with the All-Star break, and then you've got the Olympic break starting and then they're rescheduling the COVID game. So some teams really don't play a whole lot of hockey during this fantasy week. So it's a really key week to try to uh, stream some players and, and maybe drop some fringe guys that are on the rosters that aren't playing a lot. For example, um, the LA Kings, the New York Rangers, and San Jose Sharks each only have one game over those 13 or 14 game stretch or 14 day stretch, excuse me. So If you've got any fringe guys in the Kings, Rangers, or Sharks, it might be time to to, move on from them for the time being. Um, The Ducks, Panthers, and Flyers, only two games each. Um, And then on the other end of the spectrum, you've got the Senators with six games, Coyotes, Flames, Oilers, Devils, Islanders, Maple Leafs, Canucks, and Capitals with five games. So again, you can find all that on dailyfaceoff.com, of course. Um, And some quick streaming options just from some of those teams that do play a lot of games. The first being Tim Stutzel, uh, 35% owned center left wing eligible, currently on the top line with Josh Norris and Jake Batherson out. Michael Backlund, 12% owned center, right wing eligible for the Flames. He averaged 6.0 shots per game last week, which was outrageous. 24 shots in four games. Love to see that from the kid. Uh, Kyler Yamamoto, 5% owned right wing for the Oilers. Currently playing on the top line with uh, Evander Kane and Connor McDavid. He's actually looked a lot better as of late as well. Uh, Just six points in his first 28 games of the season. But coming into, into Monday, he had nine points in his last 12 Brock Nelson, 18% on for the Islanders quietly at half a goal per game, top 20 in the NHL in goals per 60. Um, In his last uh, seven games, he has four goals four assists. Michael Bunting, uh, D's boy, 22% owned for the Leafs, left wing eligible, skating on the top line with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, coming off a hat trick over the weekend, 27 points in 40 games coming into Monday. Very impressive stuff. A little bit higher owned here, Boone Jenner, 45% owned, just, you know, been productive all season long it really covers a lot of categories for you as well if you a hits league he, he helps out there as well and then two chicago blackhawks dylan Strom, center right wing eligible 13% owned skating on the top line with patrick kane he's actually starting to heat up 11 points in his last nine games including a hat trick in there and if you're in a much deeper league brandon hagel three percent owned playing on that same top line Um, Not quite as productive as Strom last week, but eight points in his last eight games as well. So there's a couple streaming targets, just guys to consider on the wire this week. They play a lot of games, a lot of players that, uh, you know, you're not going to get many games out of. And it's kind of interesting, right? We always talk about streaming. You got to try to get the guys that play like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, Um, because of the way it's just rescheduled games. The schedule is really light. Like you don't really see more than seven, seven games on any given night. So, Anybody you pick up, you can probably get in your lineup. Only tomorrow, Tuesday, is the only day that's got 10-plus games in this whole two-week span. So anybody you pick up, you should be able to play. So there is a couple of streaming options for this two-week-long Week week 16 for Fantasy Hockey. Um, All right, mid-season awards here. We are going to give out the Fantasy Hockey MVP, our biggest draft day steal, our biggest draft day bust, best defenseman award, best goalie award, best rookie and best free agent pickup of the season. Obviously a lot of these can be pretty, you know, obvious. So we tried to dig in a little bit and find some uh, less obvious options as well, just to give a couple, you know, extra shout outs to some of the guys that hopefully we touted along the way. I know some of them we definitely did. And uh, it's always good mid season award to pat ourselves on the back as well. So without <laughs> any further ado, Beebs, you are itching right now to talk about your boy, as fantasy MVP. So the mic is all yours.
0: Brock, can I just start by saying which boy? Because, I mean, there's about six different abs I could talk about here. But, no, I think we got to, you know, go with the recent first star of the week, I believe it was Nazem Kadri out of Colorado. ADP of 138 in Yahoo Leagues. Um, that is incredibly, incredibly deep for those of you guys counting at home. Someone who knew a lot of teams, if you're in a, a league that was 10 teams or less, this guy was not coming off the board currently sitting third in league points and if i would have told everyone that before the year started we would have more points than consensus number one Connor mcdavid or alex ovechkin everyone would just call me a total idiot homer fan and i I actually am an idiot homer fan but for once i i think i'm kind of making a little bit of sense uh third in league points per game to go along with that obviously super high point production um and that's uh and then first among players that are not in edmonton so uh i mean obviously obviously connor and leon are putting up some numbers there um the thing that really gets the mvp like i mentioned a lot of these other players you could have grabbed at the early early start of your draft but for for country you're getting just elite production from someone who you grabbed at the end um it replaces if you had any bus or anyone we might have mentioned that category they are automatically replaced by naz um and he's currently um the third highest assist getter in the league also so if you are if you know you you, you're missing that in any way you know he's saving teams right now to top it all off five game winning goals that's where i also wanted to mention it that's a category that a lot of a lot of of us have in leagues and that can go super far um i mean i i don't want to go too crazy here on naz but you know shots are 139 he's only 10 off of mcdavid um it's uh it's all there he's giving you production in all areas and he hasn't slowed down and uh anyone who's watching the games they're almost cheering for mckinnon to go down because you want the production to go up more, but at the same time, the production is just going to stay there regardless. Um, yeah, Kadri is my MVP. Too obvious. Um, who would
2: have thunk third in league scoring? At I love how pre show you said, Can I go in on Nazim Kadri? Then you also said, I don't want to go in too hard on Nazim Kadri, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, the season he's had is simply, simply remarkable. Uh, I saw a, a graph which on Twitter. It's pretty much all graphs these days, but uh, it was basically like his points per game throughout, you know, each season, and it was pretty much just a steady baseline, right around like you know, 0. 6, 0. 0.7 points per game. And all of a sudden, it just spiked up, on it's like tenth yeah. season, just outrageous. But uh, well, that's D, what it is. Mid- sorry, yeah,
0: mid- I was just gonna say, like we with hockey and any sports where it's a it's a long season, it, it's just like guys usually level out, but it's just crazy to see someone not level out. Um, but yeah, sorry, you go, D, pop off like I did about now.
1: Yeah, I actually had Kadri at two on my short list. Um, I think, obviously, Deeves, as you uh, outlined, is a really good argument for him to go one. Um, but I kind of tried to look at it. You know, the outright winner for me is just the best performer, um, bar none, um, year to date. And, you know, there's actually a few different names you could put in there. Obviously, Kadri himself is right in that conversation. Um, Ovechkin with 29 and 29, and then McDavid as well. I've opted for Dreisaitl. uh, He's gotten 31 goals. Uh, 30 assists as well to go along with it. Eight game winners uh, to this point uh, as well. Um, tied for the lead league in power play points. He's a point off uh, the point lead uh, and currently tied for the lead league in goals as well. So, uh, yeah, obviously the, the better goal production for me gives him the slight edge over the likes of uh, McDavid um, and the other guys. Uh, Brock, I think you're going to talk about another one who's up there and leading the league in points right now. Um, so, yeah, I would edge towards Dry Um, but obviously I like Kadri a lot. And like I said, from a pure value standpoint, I don't think there's been anyone better, um, this year, maybe Chris Kreider, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty remarkable. And, and, you know, like Brock, uh, Brock, like you alluded to the fact that it's just come on, uh, not that we've never seen him be like a, you know, a relevant fantasy asset before, but just to put himself in the conversation is, or I guess right into, to the, uh, to the battle for the points lead is just you know it's pretty remarkable um so yeah I got dry set of one um I had Kadri you know just missing out and then if I was to pick a third I'd go kill Makar just because I I think he deserves a shout out here um 18 goals 44 points uh from the back end like Kadri you're just looking at the value that's coming out uh of that pick if you did select Makar like you were just super rewarded for it and and going early with the defenseman um, you know, you got a guy that anyone would happily play in their forward lineup on any given night um, playing out of the defense, the defenseman position. So it's just a huge, huge advantage. So I would I would give Makara a shout out as the third player on my short list here.
0: Travis Kelsey of, of hockey right there. Just someone you can put in a position that's pretty, not generally as strong, but you're getting, like you said, you'd almost want it in over all your forwards. Um, I love that, D. Thanks, thanks for bringing him in.
2: <laughs> i think the one name that you kind of mentioned too that we you, you glossed over a little bit and he didn't make any of our mvps but certainly a guy worth talking about is alex ovechkin i mean it, it's not very often you see a guy like ovechkin you know have the same amount of assists as he does goals it's really not mm-hmm. something that he's um, been known for he's on pace right now for 53 assists which would be uh his most assist in a season since 2011 when he was 25 years old so uh it's been a long time since he topped that 50 assist mark the last time he had more assists than goals was in 2017 when he only (laughs) scored 33 goals so uh after that he followed up with 49 51 and 48 and just kind of cut back to typical alexander ovechkin uh production but my fantasy mvp is jonathan Huberto Um, you know, a little bit just because of where he was being drafted just outside the first round. And he's outplaying a lot of those guys that were picked in the first round. So, uh, you know, fourth pick in the, in the second round, certainly paying huge dividends. He added another, at least one assist again tonight to, to go along with what was already a league leading 45 assists on the season, currently leading the NHL in points as well at 63 in what will be 46 games at the time you guys are listening to this. But, We've talked about Huberto quite a bit on this show um, in the past. And and just kind of the one thing that has stuck out to us is is the production level that he's uh, been at, even playing away from Alexander Barkoff and has really uh, turned Sam Bennett into uh, just an absolute freak. Anthony Duclair as well. Uh, I tweeted out Sam Bennett's numbers like in his last three seasons with the yep. Flames and his first like 30 games with the, with the Panthers or 50 games, whatever it's been. And he's already topped the goal total he had in his last three seasons with the Panthers. He's just been remarkable playing alongside Jonathan Huberto. So obviously one of the best playmakers in the world deserves a lot of credit. I don't think enough people talk about Jonathan Huberto, even, you know, leading the NHL in points. You don't hear about him a whole lot. Even when people talk about the Panthers, it seems to always, you know, that conversation seems to always start with Alexander Barkov, and deservedly so, but uh, Huberto, certainly a guy that, uh, that needs to be chatted about and uh, headed to the all-star game for, for his credit.
0: No, Brock. I think if you asked about and not even saying it's an issue, but if you asked eighty-five percent of hockey fans right now, I, I don't think they'd tell you that Jonathan Huber does lead in the league in points. Um, obviously, that's that's changing every single day, but it just goes to show you, you know, like you said, it's not it's not being talked about half enough. Um, but yeah, no, he's a he's a certified
2: stud. Yeah, and like I mean, he had ninety-two points right in two thousand and nineteen, then back-to-back shortened seasons, really kind of you know you you kind of forget what kind of like it's hard to envision like is he still a 90 point player right when it's short and it's just hard to get a grasp of exactly what those numbers are if you're not you know playing the extrapolation game every single day but he's really you know another full season now he's going to be over 100 points with ease and it's just you know great stuff so uh draft steel Beebs obviously somebody like Nazem Kadri could fall into this category of top draft steel anybody else you want to outline here yeah, um, and
0: I said I was going to go not obvious, but I, I think uh, this one is, is quite obvious. When you're leading the NHL in goals, it's uh, it's, it's Chris Kreider. What a year um, this has been. An absolute draft deal. He's ADP on Yahoo was 152. Um, so, I mean, that's like he was being drafted in a ton of leagues just because it, it was Chris Kreider, but at the bottom of every team. And if he wasn't the first guy being dropped by, t- by teams, then people were just, I don't know what they were thinking. But like you said, what a year, 31 goals for Chris Kreider. That's good for most in the NHL tied with Leon title. 44 points in 46 games, slowed down the last couple games too. So that was, uh, he was over a point per game before the weekend started. Rough little weekend there, but that got some 20th in league points. Obviously they played a bit more games than other teams, but to get 20th best points production and first goal production, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, it's another guy who like, you know, Nazem Kadri kind of same deal. If you, if you maybe screwed up a draft pick, he can be saving your ass right now. Um, first in power play goals in the league with 15 third in power play points with 21 and 10th in league shots with 144. And then for those of you who play in crazy leagues like DNI, he has two shorthanded goals as well. Um, and, uh, and honestly, just, it's another guy who fills, he plugs all the categories when you never expected it to come. So that's why he's, uh, he's my best, Late draft, or I guess my, my my best draft MVP, whatever we want to call it, uh, draft steal. There we go. Biggest are. That's steal, or but anytime you lead the league in uh, in goals as a last pick on every team
2: ever, um, good job, Chris. You deserve it. I mean, yeah, like, is there, there's got to be a team out there or or multiple teams out there that have Kadri and Chris Kreider out there, right? Like Mm -hmm. that they picked up both of them off the wire and are just like popping off. It's just both of them just insane. Like, like you said, it's one thing to be like having a big year and then it's another to be leading the NHL in goals. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's and just, it's, it's like you keep thinking this. it's gonna slow
0: down and then uh, you even look at his career shooting percentage like he's a 16 and a half percent shooter his career that's like kind of bonkers when we think about it um and he's only shooting 21 percent this year so it's like he's not that far off there i it's just awesome I, I love seeing as bad as it sounds not you know mcdavid leading everything seeing these new names it's just so cool and for us as fantasy guys it, it you know it gives me the tingles
1: the chris tingles how about you, you
2: job steal the year
1: i just want to say too i mean i had a uh, in my my short list he was my my uh, third selection here for steel and certainly yeah a, a good solid argument for him going one on his performance to date um i know we always you know we weren't necessarily the highest on Kreider when he was kind of um getting hot i guess in the, a couple of months ago and and the goals are really starting to pile up um and i still think that he's like one of the best sell-high candidates right now. If you can get anything near value just in terms of him being the leading NHL goal scorer, if you can get any sort of trade offer that, you know, gives him that sort of trade value and, you know, you can find someone that's going to look at him and treat him as such, um, you know, he's still one of the top guys that I would look to move and and just see what you can get for him right now. Obviously, you know, he's still going to score a lot of goals the rest of the year, but, you know, the point we made earlier... Uh, and the point I still stick by is that when the goals do eventually slow down a little bit, because, you know, they are to some degree. And Deep said he's a very sharp shooter, 14.7% for the career. So um, it's not 16 he, and a half. <laughs> yeah. And he, yeah, yeah. No. And he's shooting, he's shooting that obviously a lot more than he ever has, too, which is, you know, such a big part of it. But um, yeah, like I, I would, everything that we've seen from every NHL player up until this season would say that shooting percentage has got to come down just a little bit, especially based off how much he's shooting the puck, right? Like it's just, Uh, too much volume there for the regression not to come back a little bit. And when he does cool off, and like I said, even if it's just a little bit, the biggest issue with Kreider is there's just nothing to fall back on in terms of assists. So, um, you know, he's been unbelievable to this point. And like I said, I still think he's going to score a lot of goals and register a ton of shots uh, for the rest of the year moving forward. But for me, he's still one of the better sell-high candidates, I think, um, if you can get, like I said, if you can get someone to treat him uh, like the leading NHL goal scorer that he is right now. And the, uh, but, the,
2: one, the one thing too, just to add to that, is like obviously a lot of that production's come on the power play, and he's a guy that's going to score a lot on the power play moving forward. But they're still not that good of a five v five team, so um, he's going to be relying heavily on the, those power play goals because the five v five production for the Rangers is is not always there.
1: Yeah, but your draft sure. steal. Uh, Timo Meyer, who I got at number one, uh, another friend of the show. Um, and someone we've talked about a lot this season. So obviously everyone's well aware of just how great he's been, but shooting the puck over four times a game, he's got 21 goals and 26 assists for a total of 47 points in 40 games this season, had an average draft position, uh, right around Kreider at uh, 151.2. Um, so for me, you know, dual wing eligibility and the fact that he's got the assists to back it up as well. Um, and yeah, we just love the guy. So for me, I had to give him the number one spot. Um, but I think him Kreider, you know, there's a, f- a few other guys. I, Tristan Yari for me was on the short list as well. Um, probably a couple of uh, other goalies you could throw in there. But Yari for me has been arguably one of the best goalies in fantasy this season, uh, and he was taken I think 22nd in ADP in terms of goalies um, average draft position straight up of 113. But yeah, he was the 22nd goalie off the board uh, on average, which is pretty pretty crazy for like I said, a guy who's you know has a solid argument as being the number one fantasy net minder to this point.
2: I don't want to, like, just completely derail the show and get off topic here, but um, Mason Marchment has six points tonight. You got two another. Two goals, four assists. Um, Florida, three. Reinhardt has three goals, one or two assists. I don't know if it's been updated yet. A- Anton Lindell, five assists. Florida, three. H- was hot coming in. Um, Mason Marchment has a six-point fucking hockey game. So, um that, like, I just saw it was 8-4. I'm like, ooh, I played a bunch of Panthers and DraftKings. Let's go check out who it is. Oh, just Mason Marchman's sixth point of the night. So, your biggest That's draft brilliant. steal for me is uh, Mason Marchman. <laughs> I
1: was um, going to say, it's going to put him over a point per game, averaging less than 14 minutes a night.
2: I know. It's incredible. He's, he's been on such a roll here. So, Timo Meyer was actually, um, you know, outside of, of, of like, Crider and Kadri. Timo Meyer was kind of my next guy as well. Um, obviously, just big friend of the show. So, you always got to shout Timo when you can. Also... Swiss Um, but for me Markstrom is a guy that I talked about a lot in the preseason as being um, really undervalued in terms of where his ADP was and he's returned incredible production thus far the Flames have been you know much better and that was part of the reason we talked about guys like Kachuk And Johnny Goudreau having better seasons this year, that's really come to fruition and they've been much, much better. Uh, But Marks from ADP of 134.6, he was the number 26 goalie off the board. So a a fantasy number three in, 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 you know, and he's graded as the number one fantasy goalie right now, 16 wins on the season. 215 goals against average, 924 save percentage, but he's won you probably at least a couple weeks on his own with his seven shutouts on the year. That's three clear of next highest in the NHL, which I believe is Jack Campbell and Ilya Sorokin, if I'm not mistaken. They both have four for um, sure. yeah. and Markstrom's at seven. So, you know, 26th goalie off the board you know, as long as your draft went well, you could very likely have somebody like a Shisterkin and uh, UC Saros, maybe another decent number two and Mark Schumann. You're just reaping all the benefits right now in, in between the pipes. So um, he was my draft steal. I'm just going to go into my draft bus because it kind of fits together nicely here because I have a goalie. And for me, it's Connor Hellebuck. Um, and, and you know it's it, to a certain degree it's just the Jets as a whole Um I know daily face-offs own Frank Saravalli and Mike McKenna they did a, a little segment before the season and they each liked the Jets to go very deep in the playoffs and potentially win the Stanley Cup this year and they just did a recap of kind of their mid-season grades on w- their, pre- their pre-season predictions and they were like well we missed the mark on the Jets and you know To their credit, a lot of people were expecting much better things um, out of the Jets this season. It just really hasn't worked. I mean, we've seen big seasons out of Kyle Connor, Pierre-Luc Dubois. um, You know, Mark Scheifele has been disappointing. But, you know, there has been some some nice performances in there. But for Hellebuck, it's been um, pretty disappointing. And a lot of that has really come as of late. But on the season, he has just as many losses as he does wins in regulation. Um, On the season, though, he's got 20 losses, 14 wins in total. Um, 293 goals against average nine Oh nine save percentage. So just not anywhere close to what you were expecting when you drafted Connor Hellebuck as the number four goalie off of the board. Um, 25th overall ahead right behind him. Igor Shesterkin, Frederick Anderson, UC sorrow. So oh. <laughs> three of the best goalies in the entire NHL this season going one, two, three right behind Hellebuck. Who's really disappointed. Um, as I mentioned, 20 losses already on the year.
0: Yeah. Um, that, that's a spot too, where a lot of people would have been taking him thinking they could almost go with just two goalies. Even if it's a, a league where a lot of people roll three goalies, just because of how often he starts his production, he could really, really be hurting teams right now. And in a position that, you know, it, it's tough to get a free agent, uh goalie out there. That's, that's huge. Luckily this year, you know, Frank who's has been there, Billy Husto has been there. So maybe there's some savings, but, uh, Like midway through, but if you're
2: riding them, it's getting tough. I just want to point out really quickly, too, before we go to your draft bust here, beebs. Um, so since Connor Hellebuck led the NHL in wins in uh, 2018, had that sparkling 236 goals against average, 924 save percentage in the four seasons since or three and a half seasons since, just a 916 save percentage. So, right around league average, it just has not been nearly good enough you know i think a lot of people viewed him as one of the best goalies in the world um at that time and since then his production has slowly dropped obviously um 2020 was a little bit better but the other three seasons really close to league average and he's a guy that they you know they play 60 70 times a season so it's uh it doesn't doesn't help the the winnipeg jets when they're struggling
0: yeah, absolutely, and uh, just sticking to the Canadian theme of Canadian bus because this year, just Canadian hockey teams have been a letdown. With Maple Leafs, realistically, and maybe the Flames. Uh, but I'm going to go with Brock Besser out in Vancouver, and there's a couple guys you could pick on in Vancouver, but I want to pick on the one with the same name as my host. Um, and just cause, yeah, I love ripping on Brocks. They all suck. I'm just kidding. But 11 wow. goals, 11 goals, 11 assists, good for 22 points in 38 games. Actually, when we were originally supposed to air, he uh, he didn't have a three point night like he did the other night. So that actually helped Brocks' stats a little bit this year, which is pretty embarrassing to say, considering he's putting up just over a half point per game. Drafted 66th overall in most yeah or in all Yahoo leagues. Um, that for most teams would have been their fourth or fifth overall pick, likely one of their first wingers off the board and someone that they were expecting a ton of goal production for, for, or from, so they may have, you know, kind of let that go later on in the draft. Um, he's at, again, at the time of writing before the three-point night, he was tied with Ross Colton, Keller, Colton Colton Sissons, Gustav Forsling, and Oliver Shillington for points. That is not good. It was good for 198th best scorer in the league. I don't even want that shit on my roster. Um, for a guy who's goal-driven, he's given us nothing. Um, considering Jason Robertson was taken after him, Anze Kopitar, Joe Pavelski, Tarasenko, Rust, Malkin, obviously, he was injured. But it's just the list goes on and on. I could sit here and name 197 names. Uh, Brock Bester, you are my letdown. I didn't even have him on a team and he's pissing me off that's what happened
2: pissing you off eh but yeah i was
0: gonna say at like as as we're sitting there i'm gonna mention this guy later but elias petterson could be thrown in that same same pot of soup with uh with brock um yeah <laughs> he's coming on yeah. right, at least yeah yeah petterson's who about.
1: i have um obviously he has improved lately but mm-hmm. he's drafted that much higher than besser at 43.9 and still just 24 points in 44 games so Um, yeah, both of those guys, I've said, and I still stand by, like, if Besser is getting dropped in your leagues, I'd pick him up, if you you can, if you can trade, you know, some bottom of the roster weight for him, I'd make an offer, Uh, and Pedersen's another guy that I would just continue to go uh, after, because, um, yeah, like, these guys are just too good for for the, you know, the, and the underlying numbers are too good for the production to keep being as bad as it's been, so it's going to be better than it has been, Um, so yeah, still two guys that I I would definitely uh, target and go after, but Year to date, I think patterson has been the most disappointing to me anyway, just in terms of uh, where he was drafted. Um, but yeah, Hellebuck and Besser, both two good shouts as well. A um, couple other names I just wanted to mention in terms of being really bad and disappointing. Tyler Sagan, um, obviously not wasn't getting drafted as high as he had been a couple of years ago with the injury that he was coming off of uh, and how little he played in the last couple of years, but uh, still was getting drafted 73rd overall. And, um, so you know, I think... While maybe there was a lot of doubt as to whether or not he'd be a point for game player again, I don't think any of us would have imagined that it's been anywhere near this bad. Uh, he has looked a lot better since the switch to to center as well, back playing center. He's got, I think, nine points in his last 12 games. So uh, it's getting a bit better there. Another guy that I think is worth uh, throwing an offer at. But yeah, to this point, it's been super, super disappointing. Uh, and then kind of in the, the same ballpark as Hellebuck, but not extreme, well, maybe a little bit more extreme because I Philip Grubauer, you know, he his ADP was ADP is 68. He was the 13th goalie off the board. So uh, yes, not as extreme as Hellebuck in terms of where you took them and what you invested in them, but still a guy that was taken um, and banked on, you know, being a high end number two starter. Um, and he's a free agent now and you can't really justify um, holding yeah, on him, to him for more than a few days at a time.
0: With him too. I think he lost a lot of people weeks early on and that put a lot of people behind the eight ball. I, I know personally I had him and it was just, it was honestly a nightmare. Like what the, fuck do you do with them but then and you're taking l's you're panicking um i agree with grubauer
1: yeah i think he deserves a shout because like i said 68 overall and adp and there's not a lot of guys that were taken in the top 70 that just shouldn't be on rosters right now so
2: i think the one thing that was the most disturbing about grubauer's performance is that i mean still they still are the kraken were like literally one of the best offensive teams in the nhl like we knew mm-hmm. they weren't going to provide a lot of offense but they were playing great in front of him, limiting scoring chances almost as good as any other team in the league and he just could not make it safe he just could not bail them out when they needed him to um i, to I feel Darn. personally i feel personally a little bit attacked that your guys bust were brock and segan so I, I don't know where to go <laughs> next but uh not feeling huh. great about this segment anymore <laughs> but uh Best defenseman. I, I think it's pretty obvious that uh, Beebs, you picked Kale McCarr. So we might as well go to you first here. It's funny because you would think because that you did pick is the, Kale McCarr. <laughs> it, no, it
0: is the clear and obvious choice. But you know what? I think I figured I'd lay off the abs for once, and uh, it's actually Tony D'Angelo for me. Um, I'm stunned. This is- Uh, A lot of people will be. And you know what? Strictly, this is just another case of value um, compared to production. Makar, I believe, his Yahoo ADP was around 11 or 12, where Tony D'Angelo is 145.5. Obviously, we all know know, what happened in the past with Tony D'Angelo. Luckily, our fantasy hockey teams don't have chemistry. Nothing matters about what goes on in our fantasy hockey team's rooms. So therefore, I love having a guy like Tony D on my squad. Seven goals, 26 assists for 33 points in 35 games originally when i wrote this he was over a point per game but he had a little rough weekend it's currently plus 12 14 power play points and is sixth in d points per game um that means when 82 games is complete tony d would end up sixth in league defensive scoring and for someone that at 145 that's a free agent pickup um that's absolutely elite production it's almost up there with with Kadri as far as how much of a step forward he takes and how how much he uh, you just get a D1 out of a guy who you weren't expecting um, at all. He's, uh, oh, he's, he's clearly locked in on that power play. Um, he's kept it quiet in the media this year. You know, he's going to, it looks like he's going to play the full year. It's a guy who, uh, you know, as far as fantasy goes, it sounds odd, but you could have maybe seen it coming. He was Adam Fox before Adam Fox was Adam Fox. Um, and then things happen, and now now he's in Carolina, and uh, it seems to be clicking. Anyone who got this guy is going to be very happy, and they don't really have to worry about defensemen this year because um, you probably have a better one that you drafted, anyways. And,
2: yeah, they uh, th- we like I said we wrote up our midseason um, awards for actual awards, and I had Tony D'Angelo in there as uh, one of my comeback players of the year. And I think the one thing that's just important for him is he's, he seems to be, um, you know, not making any waves in Carolina. They seem to be quite happy with him, which, um, you know, I guess good for him there. And he, he's, he's been really good. I got him in a couple of my leagues and it's just, you got him so late. And he, he provided, he's provided a lot. And we talked about him at the start of the season, as long as he can, you know, stay out of the headlines and uh, and on the ice he was going to be on that top power play unit and that's where he's been almost the entire season and he's kind of slid in there with the Dougie Hamilton like production and a guy that was going super super late okay so I might have jumped it there thinking that you were going to talk about Kale McCarr but D you were almost picking Kale as your MVP so he must be your best defenseman
1: he is yeah I didn't uh put any stock in ADP for this one um just because, you know, we called it best defense. So I was looking for just overall who have been the best defenseman so far this year. So um, pretty cut and dry for this one. Yeah, it's it's Makar for me. Like you said, Rocky almost. He made it onto my shortlist for fantasy MVP. So, uh, yeah, obviously he's the guy I think has been uh, the most productive on the blue line this year. And he's, to me, the, the most valuable. And, you know, that, that's why he was drafted as high as he was. Uh, Yossi, for me, is a, a really close second. Um, you know, he's scoring a ton of goals himself. And I think only... A couple points, or might even be even with uh, points with, with McCarr, um, but yeah, the five goal difference is still uh, enough for me to have McCarr over him. Uh, I do appreciate the fact that Yossi obviously returning more value with where he was drafted, but again, best defenseman for me year to date has been McCarr Yossi, uh, and then I think Adam Fox deserves uh, a little bit of love here as well. Again, another guy that uh, was drafted very very early. Um, but there's a lot of value in taking a guy that high and him returning, you know, if not exceeding the value that you uh, hoped you would be getting out of him in that spot. So I got Makar, Yossi, and Fox. Yeah, yeah. Go
0: ahead. I was going to say, do we think that Makar is a top five pick next year, realistically? Like, like,
2: um, in drafts? I just don't know if I could... I just don't know if I'd ever take a defenseman. I know. like that. That's it crazy. would be hard for me to pull the trigger there at five. But like, I mean, if somebody did it, I like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't scoff yeah. at it. I wouldn't think like, I think
1: he'll be like, um, like, I think he'll be around where Carlson and Burns were for a few years, yeah. where He's maybe 10, a little 10, bit 11. better. Yeah. Like he was already, like I said, yeah, he was already going super high. Like, I think he can creep into the top 10 and you could probably make an argument. Um, but the other thing is there's a few guys that are are, are pretty close to McCar's production this season. Yeah, right? exactly, Again, yeah. Makar has been far and away the best. But I think when those few years when Carlson and Burns were getting drafted super, super early and probably right around Just where Makar right was, but they, there was a, a bit of a more step down in terms of production. Like Carlson and, and Burns, those guys were like 20, 25 points clear of anyone else at that point.
0: No, it's just the goals, though. That's where I'm thinking, just because it's, like, forward-level goals. That's kind of where we've never seen it. Like, he's on pace for almost 40 now, which is
1: just, like – Yeah, I think he's going to be a little here. bit higher than it was this year, for sure. So yeah, I think he 13th could be this year. Right.
2: I, Like, I, I wouldn't take him top five because I know I could get uh, – get oh, yeah. my
0: I'm not doing it. Best
2: defenseman, 60th overall. Roman Yossi, he was my number 11 defenseman off the board. Roman Yossi is a guy that I still had in my top five. I know, you know, industry-wide, he was uh, much lower – um, in the list closer to the 11th where he was ended up being drafted. And, uh, I, I you know, obviously the, the predators have been pretty surprising this season. Uh, Matt, Shane's been terrific. Philip Forsberg has been outstanding and, uh, Roman Yosi, you know, on pace for 25 goals. He's got 13 goals, 43 points in 43 games, point per game. And as I mentioned, uh, borderline number two defenseman off the board this season, um, going behind guys like Charlie McAvoy, um, Quinn Hughes, and he's uh, he's you know drastically outproduced them to this point. So, you know, still top five fantasy d man. Everyone was sleeping on him, and uh, he, he's returned incredible production. Um, all right, best goalies. You know, this is this has been a season for goalies, right? I mean, we we talked about Hellebuck being you know disappointing, but for the most part, the guys towards the top of the draft board have returned pretty good value. Um, you know, Robin Lehner. he's had his up and downs, but you know, you got Vasilevsky, you got Igor Shesterkin, Freddie Anderson. Those were three of the top six off the board and they've all been outstanding. Uh, Ilya Sorokin, UC Saros, Jack Campbell were the next couple guys off the board as well. They've all been outstanding. There hasn't been too many of those guys that have had bad years and some of them are having career years. Um, I've talked about Igor Shosturkin a bunch. For me, he's my number one, but you could make an argument really for any of these guys. Uh, you know, Freddy Vasilevsky still is, is still there, depending on whether or not you put draft stock into it. So Shosturkin was mine. I just think that he's been the best goalie. Like to me, he was my heart trophy pick uh, when we did the the regular season picks. At dailyfaceoff.com because I just don't think there's anybody more important to their team than Igor Shosturkin right now. The the Rangers are one of the worst defensive teams in the NHL, and he's like leading the NHL in save percentage or second in the NHL in save percentage. So, with, with I don't, those two things, don't normally go hand in hand. He's just been that good. So, Igor Shisterkin, uh was drafted kind of right around where he's, you know, sitting right in terms of fantasy value right now, but, uh, you know, he's been every bit as good as advertised and really somebody that I think can continue to, you know, potentially next year, we could be talking about somebody maybe fighting with Andre Vasilevsky to be the top goalie off the board, which is an argument that we have not had to have for years. Five. Like, it's always, Andre Vasilevsky's clear number one, who's two, three, four, five. And Vasilevsky and Shosturkin are going to be getting to that same uh, that same point here soon, as long as the Rangers get, get a little better defensively, hopefully. Yeah,
1: I mean, they're not the lightning, though, are they?
2: No, that's what I mean. Like, they have to definitely improve before (laughs) the conversation can be legitimate. But he's without he almost makes up for it, he's creeping closer, he's creeping closer with his. Yeah, but I mean,
1: Vashilevsky is Vashilevsky, right? Like, he's still
2: he's a god among men,
1: yeah, exactly. Right? He's still one of the best players in the league, honestly. Yeah, I have Igor as well, but I mean, we're we're looking at track record, and then also the fact that one of them plays for a three-time Stanley Cup champ, but if you had the goal to take Shosturkin where he was getting drafted this year, then, you know, absolutely hats off to you, because I couldn't bring myself to do it, like, the Rangers didn't even make the playoffs last year, Uh, so the fact that, one, they're being as competitive as they have been this year... It's kind of because he wasn't
0: there, though, that's why they didn't make the playoffs.
1: A little bit, they also were just unlucky, they had a plus-20 goal difference, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I, sure, but I'm not drafting a guy based on his, you know, hopes supposed individual performance as high as he was going. Now he's absolutely made that look like the wrong decision, but you know, over time, like, it, yeah, it's just not the way that I'm going to go about drafting my goalies. I don't like reaching for them in general, and if I am, I'm going to make sure I'm, I'm doing for I'm reaching for a guy that plays for one of the two or three best teams in the NHL because you can bet on wins, but you can't uh, necessarily bet on any of the other statistics. All that being said, like, he's my number one goalie. He's been the best one for me all uh, all around, he's been the best performer. Um, I, there's a bunch of guys to your point, Brock, that are having phenomenal seasons. Uh, his numbers, when you look at them are just a, a slightly a cut above the rest. And he's just been so friggin' consistent all season. Um, you know, guys like Yari, um, Mark Shum, Campbell, Anderson Vasilevsky, all guys that for me were on this short list. Um, I mean, Campbell, uh, Anderson, uh, even Vasilevsky, uh, Markstrom, Yari's been pretty consistent, but all, all those other guys, Markstrom, Campbell, Anderson, Vasilevsky, have all had um, some stretches of inconsistent individual play this season. Um, and, yeah, that just has not happened with Igor. He's got 28 appearances. He's had uh, save percentage below 900 in just six of those appearances, which is just insane. I mean, Markstrom's a shutout machine, but he's also getting lit up every other game. Um, so, you know, it, it makes it – or he has been to a degree. So he's had as many five goal games as, as he has shutouts. So I yeah, to me, like the consistency on top of everything else, how, how many games he has started this season, just racking up the wins and the fact that he's got uh, a 930, say, percentage is just, uh, yeah, enough for, like I said, having just a cut above the rest. But um, yeah, to your point, Brock, been a pretty pretty remarkable season for goaltenders and we've seen a bunch of outstanding performers. Uh, but yeah, I think to me, he's, a, he's just a cut above the rest so far.
2: Just to piggyback off what you said there, 28 starts. He's given up more than three goals, three times. <laughs> like That's he's just, you know, he's keeping the, like if the Rangers can score four goals when he's in net, they're winning the hockey game. That's basically, you know, we got to go out there and we got to get four and we know we're going to win this game. He's just been that yeah. good. Yeah. And, uh, and just to switch things up, so some parody,
0: um, I went with a guy that D mentioned uh, kind of in the same light there, but uh, Tristan Yari for me, um, it's kind of been my theme here just to go with the low ADP guys and, uh, you know, if there's a cadre, uh, Tony D of their position, Tristan Yari's kind of been that guy of goaltending. Um, ADP of 113 in Yahoo Leagues, and he's current, which is 22nd goalie off the board. So there's 21 other goalies going before this guy. And wait till you hear these numbers, boys. Second in league wins with 23, fourth in shutouts with three. Uh, his 9.25 save percentage, which is bonkers, is good for sixth among starters, and then fourth in goals against average among starters. Again, 22nd off the board, and you're getting production, top five production in almost all categories. Um, I mean, Yari, Yari's been a surprise. It's been someone who I think kind of been doing a little under the radar too while well, we've seen Pittsburgh really, really kind of you know, have a crazy year. And we didn't expect them to be a top team, and Yari's been uh, – almost half the reason, or if not more, that that's been happening. Um, I love Shesterkin. Everything about him is amazing. But uh, I just want to pump some other tires. And uh, Yari probably has, like, the coolest pads that everyone on
2: here, too. So we give him that. If we were doing a pad ranking, I think Elvis Merzlikens wins that. But he got gave up like, oh, 13 he, goals tonight. So we're not going to talk him as about the best goalie in no. the league. Um, all right. Best rookie of the season. It's been a, um, a season where there's been more productive rookies uh, than uh, any season that I can remember. Um, Even rookies that didn't start the season in the NHL have come up and made an immediate impact. Matt Boldy being one of the more recent examples. Um, You know, before we started this show, Anton Lundell was not as incredibly high as he is now. He has five assists tonight. Um, He also has, I think he's leading rookies in points um, so yeah, since December 29th, he has 19 points. So he's been on a heater, he's on the upward trajectory. And I wouldn't be surprised if by seasons end he is the Calder trophy winner, um, or if we, you know, do this show again, uh, for our end of the season rankings. And he ends up being our best rookie because he is, like I said, continues to get better, it seems, every single week, every single month. Now that they've dropped Sam Reinhart down that lineup in Mason Marchman's return, and apparently he's a point-per-game player, um, they can roll three lines deep, and he doesn't necessarily need to move up with Jonathan Huberto, apparently, like we suggested that he might not might need to if he's going to kind of reach that next level. And uh, So anyways, all that's to say is he's not my best rookie, but he's certainly somebody that I think is going to be talked about a lot more uh, moving forward. For me, it's Lucas Raymond. Um, And I guess maybe a little bit of a cop-out considering he is leading rookies in points. But the one thing that stands out to me for Lucas Raymond is kind of similar to Igor Shosturkin. He's just been so consistent. Hasn't always been the best, but he's been the most consistent. He has not gone more than two games all season long without registering a point. Like he'll go two game, two games pointless without a point, but then that third game, he always gets a point. And he just he's been consistent all season long. He's on pace for close to 65 points. I don't know really what more people could have hoped for. He was borderline undrafted. Um, you know, it was kind of a question of whether or not he would even make the team. I know in all my leagues, I scooped him with my last or second last pick just because I'm i I'm a fanboy. And then it was like the season started. I'm like, holy fuck, I can't drop him. He's like the Red Wings best player, uh, second best player behind Marit Sider. But um, Yeah, he's just been so consistent. Like, you don't get the flashy plays all the time like you get out of Trevor Zegers, which we've talked about before. But um, consistency-wise, he's on pace for 65 points. So to me, at this moment, maybe it's Antel Lintel by the end of the year, but at this moment, it's Lucas Raymond. Uh, I want
0: go I want to just stick on that Red Wing train because it's just fun and you know we might as well, well Brock's all excited keep him excited so that he can have a couple minutes to calm down after but uh you dropped his name there Brock he is currently the best Red Wing Red Wing it is most cedar um drafted 164th ADP in Yahoo Leagues um he is currently good to be a D2 on your team and you could have had that right out of the gate just phenomenal four goals 25 assists in 45 games 91 shots currently only three points off of Trevor egress um so for all those people who you know like you said love the flash um i love production and when i'm getting three points less out of a d-man that's hella sexy to me and uh drafted way deeper he that's good for 15th in league points among defensemen 15th in power play points among defensemen and 25th in shots um those are all top 30 and that means he's been rostered just all season, it's crazy to think about some of the names beating in points. We got Alex Petrangelo, Miro Heiskanen, John Klingberg, Charlie McAvoy, Tori Krug, Zach Werenski, Drew Doughty, Thomas Chabot, to name a few. Those are all huge names and guys that were just flying out of uh, off the board early. And, and when you can get this type of production from a rookie, and it's not like this is a fluke, as we've mentioned in previous episodes, he's playing high minutes, he's playing the right minutes, he's playing top power play. And uh, I'm really liking most cedar this year. I have him in two leagues, and uh, I hate it because I'm going to be keeping them and uh you never you know you you don't want to keep that many wings just not that yeah hey over under five years before he wins the norris trophy uh over because kale McCarr is going to keep winning them
2: came into the league at the wrong time eh? yeah
0: yeah it's like you know someone coming in the league when brady's there like it's just sorry bud or lebron james
2: (laughs) i'm gonna go under because i'm a fanboy but uh see who's your rookie of the year
1: uh, I agree with you, Brock. And I both you guys, uh, I'm right with both of you. I had Raymond, uh Raymond at number one, and then on my little short list here, I did have Cedar uh at number two, two A, two B with Zgris there. Um, yeah, the, the point production is great, hasn't scored a lot of goals. That's the only reason why I didn't have him higher, despite the, the production from the back end. But um, yeah, to your point, beats to be able to get a starting fantasy defenseman at the end of the draft is awesome. And uh, we always talk about how difficult it is and how rare it is for a rookie defenseman to be um, anywhere near relevant in fantasy hockey. So the fact that he's doing that right now is big ups to him. Um, quick third uh, rookie definitely... shout-out.
0: I was going to say, sorry, to, but Alex Nadelkovich too um, deserves a quick one there for Detroit. Um, if we're for talking sure. rookies. Well, Michael tears? Bunting too then. Well, yeah, no, I'm just saying though, it, it, you don't get starting goalies as rookies. It
2: doesn't happen. In, in that's no. A was... starting goalie. Just a little bit of an older rookie. There was somebody else I saw the other day that was a Sorry. rookie that I just could not believe was a rookie or still classified as a rookie. But D, continue.
1: Uh, no, I, yeah, no, I had Cedar at two. Um, and then right behind him, like I said, kind of like a 2B thing, I had I had Zegris. Uh, we haven't mentioned him, so he deserves a shout out. Uh, but yeah, to, to your point, Brock, Raymond has just been that much more consistent um, where Zgris is tailed off a bit of late, uh, or, you know, he's just seen a little bit more prone to the cold stretch, which is what you would expect from, you know, a 19-year-old um, rookie. I but I need Sonny Milano 18? back. Uh, Zgris is
0: 19?
2: 20. 20 20-year-old rookie? For a bit, yeah. yeah. Either, so, but right now
1: this is weird. yeah sorry just three points his last seven games and then similarly had a cold stretch uh to start the year too so just, overall i agree raymond we do the show a week ago maybe i say zebras but
2: i keep saying it when when he's not with he sonny milano he's not the same guy yeah he's so flashy he's gonna win rookie of the year because it's i i i just hate it like they they almost like disregard the other rookies just because he does so much
0: flash where it's like there's other sick rookies like the yeah. michigan's awesome but like D said three points in seven games let's talk about the boys putting up actual production.
2: If John Tortorella voted on Rookie of the Year, do you think Zegers would get a vote? For sure. Yeah. I kind of like backtracked, and he said that like
0: Canadian media like took it way too far, which is like a, I got. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Why wouldn't we? All right.
2: The last one, the best free agent pickup. D. We'll go to you first here, because last year you were the free agent pickup king, Joe Pavelski. Who is your Joe Pavelski? <laughs> This is going to be called the Joe Pavelski Memorial Award, except not Joey Memorial because he's still with us. But um, the Joe Pavelski Award, who's taking it home for you?
1: I just want to say real quick, too, I did just trade for Joe Pavelski in that keeper league. So it's I got him back. Home. It cost me um, Taylor Hall and Tory Krug. Um, but I needed to free up the roster spot, That's and I have four defensemen cool. better than Krug. So and, and I and couldn't it, keep either of them. So, and I'm Pavelski looking to bulk up this season.
2: Pavelski's just, he's the captain of that team, man. He's yeah, captain of the P. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: He belongs exactly. there. Exactly. But yeah, I wasn't going to keep either Kruger Hall and uh, Joey P. frees up the roster spot that I needed for Big Dougie coming off the IR. Hopefully, any moment. What, what's going on with Dougie? Brock, I heard he's traveling with the team and now he, he's yeah, still not getting on the app. What's going on?
2: Yeah, he's skating. Um, He, he appears close, but. um like obviously wasn't ready tonight. I think basically with the all-star break looming, they're kind of just playing it safe with them. And I would just, I'd expect them to be back just right after the all-star break. I think that they, they play again tomorrow against the Leafs. So if he's not back tomorrow, then obviously he's not coming back till after the all-star break. But I think there's no real point to rush him back tomorrow. I mean, if you're playing Akira Schmid tonight, you might as well just give Dougie one more night off. Sure. sure. <laughs> but I mean, Hey, it's give, working. Give, give Schmeed credit; he's beating the yeah. Leafs' score 2 right now. I don't understand yeah. this, this Maple Leafs team at all, but uh,
1: but I did um, I, I did give myself the in that league anyway the the best free agent pickup two years running because for me it's Nas and kadri I know, like we said, he could have been used in the steel area before. He was only drafted uh, in eight percent of leagues, uh, and I myself picked him up off free agents. So to me, he's the best free agent pickup uh, this season. Uh, and yeah, he was definitely, even after the hot start he had, um, and it wasn't super hot really when he took off was when McKenna went out for a few games and then he never really just looked back, but, uh, he definitely was hovering around 20, 30%, um, to start the season. So to me, it's Kadri. but if we're going a little bit deeper down the line, uh, I think Jordan Cairo is a really good shout as well. It's a guy that was just 5% drafted. He's been unbelievable this season. A guy that's on Beavs' team in our league, Matthew Shane. Uh, has been really, really good as well. And uh, really out of nowhere. So a guy that was drafted in just 2% of leagues. Um, And yeah, another guy who's a really big friend of the show that I'm pretty sure Beebs is going to talk about, or maybe Brock, definitely want to talk about. So hold off on it. But uh, yeah, all those guys to me, just been really, really great. And to Beebs's point, I think it's been a great year for free agents. Um, Those are, you know, I got four guys written down here who are well, or over 40 points in a cadre's case, well over 40 points already at the halfway point of the season that, yeah, you basically could have grabbed off any wire uh on Yahoo fantasy sports.com. So it's just, uh it's crazy. And uh, you know, fun to see, like, like beef said a little bit of a change in the guard this year.
0: Yeah, it definitely, it's been a year where you can save yourself a lot more or, you know, if you had a good draft even better, I'm, I'm not sure about you guys, but there's a couple of leagues that were not in with each other. And um I'm, Absolutely dominating those leagues, just because some of these pickups are. I'm like, sure like,
1: there's. Getting yeah, I was just gonna say, I'm crap, sure there's. You know, yeah,
0: it's like.
1: Yeah, I'm sure the, there's there's so many people that are just kicking the crap out of themselves too that picked up these guys for like two or three games, you know, and then got hot and then had to you know had to burn the roster spot, so they had to drop them again. But I know that happened in a you know in a few of our leagues with um, with these guys. So yeah. uh, as there's definitely as many people kicking themselves about not holding on to these guys as there is. Uh, people that are are celebrating the fact we, they got him. Right
2: we, we talked about Kadri. Like it was like the one week we were like, okay, like really good schedule for the abs. Let's stream them here, which is what you did. And then he went bananas. So like, okay, we'll hold on to one more week. Cause the next week we talked to him about being a streamer again. And he had another bonkers week and it was just back to back. And all of a sudden he was like a point per game player. We're like, yeah, like y- you just can't <laughs> drop him <laughs> But like, cannot. there was probably somebody, a lot of people who did after that first streaming week. Cause yeah. it was kind of, it was kind of the perfect storm. Like he was the perfect streaming schedule. And then just popped off and it's like, holy fuck, like here we go. Um, just quickly, Beebs, before we get to you, it's a bit a little bit reminiscent of just kind of like fantasy football this year, right? Like, you don't normally get these game-changing players off the wire in fantasy hockey as frequently as you have this season. Fantasy football, a running back goes down next man right. up, all of a sudden he's a star running back. Where in the NHL this year, there's been, you know, you're picking legitimate, like there's at least probably six, seven guys that are legitimate point per game players that were basically undrafted or we're widely available in the free agent market which is wild but who is your number one guy beeps I' would say with that said it's, it's 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 awesome but at the
0: same time I've, I don't think I've ever had as much mental warfare as I have this year because there's so many days it's just like sitting there like do I drop this guy for this guy? He's having, he's a bit hotter right now. And then you do it and it it works or you do it and it backfires. But, um, you know, that's the fun of fantasy hockey. And, uh, that's what keeps us coming back. But, uh, I, I, I I can't go anyone but Nazem Kadri, not to, not to pump, pump the same horn. But if I'm going with this guy as my MVP, I mean, who am I, who am I fooling here as not picking him as my free agent pickup? That'd just be silly. I don't want to get called out, um, by anyone on Twitter, um, because I'm a big softy. So that's why. I'm going Nazem Kadri. I won't pump it any harder. You guys know how I feel. You know how much I love that pickup. And D, I wish you wouldn't have scooped
2: him. So, no, here we are. Go Naz, 91. Hell yeah, love the guy. Just loves Nazem Kadri. It's um, uh, it's wild. Just the former Leafs this year. You got Nazem Kadri and Mason Marchment. Just absolute
1: stuff. <laughs>
2: Jesper Brat is my pickup of the year. Um, And you know what? He he, he could still be your pickup of the year because I think he's only 50% owned still somehow um yeah he he picked up at least another assist tonight uh gives him 40 points in 41 games on the season he's been remarkably consistent as well currently playing on a line with jack hughes the two of them seem to have incredible chemistry together uh prior to tonight which again he's already got an assist but prior to tonight 15 points in his last 11 games i just don't know what more you really want from the guy um you know i think what did we say beebs he got up to around 70 at one point then got covid dropped close. like 20% in like no time um, currently at yeah, 59 um, 59% so, owned and yeah. he's a point per game player so he could still be your free agent pickup of the year um you know i, I, I was looking today cuz obviously they played when i was doing my my dfs report on youtube uh jack Hughes. Um, Igor Sharon Govich and Jesper Bratt right now are averaging like 43 scoring chances, 4 per 60. They're just incredible. So just get more Jesper Bratt on your fantasy hockey teams because he's been great all year. And based on the underlying numbers, he should continue to be magic alongside Jack Hughes. I think Jack Hughes is a guy we probably could have talked about a little bit more in the draft steal process as well. He was a guy that definitely was going a little too early in his rookie year. Uh, people laid, you know, laid off a little bit this year and he's been nothing short of spectacular when he's been in the lineup this year. Obviously I think his numbers would be a little bit more tantalizing if he hadn't got hurt there for that long stretch, but nonetheless, really nice season for him. And, uh, somehow the devil's staying afloat with John Gillies and Akira Schmid between the pipes. But, um, (laughs) all right. B or D, we'll go back to you now. Here we've got a couple of just buy low candidates to close out the show for each of us here. So, um, who's a couple of guys that you're looking to target in trades right now that just really aren't returning the value to their owners at the moment?
1: Yeah, I got a couple of guys who um, might not jump out at you just based on their season long totals, but um, two guys that have really been struggling as of late. Uh, And probably more than you'll just, you know, ever see them struggle in their careers. So it's the like we always talk about, it's just the perfect time to try and make a a move um, for these guys. Uh, But for me, like Mark Stone has been just a little bit slow coming back. from injuries he's just finally he now looks like he's getting back up to full speed um but i think anyone who owned mark stone this season it's just been a really frustrating year overall with how much he's been in and out of the lineup um only played 6 games but just 2 points in the month of january so um, yeah, you know, this is a guy that people would have been taking, you know, within the first couple of rounds and, and building their roster around. And in the last 31 days, again, injury is a huge part of that in postponed games, but he's given you just two, two, uh, points for your fantasy lineup. So I, I think that anyone is going to be pretty, pretty frustrated, uh, and maybe not see the big picture that, you know, moving forward, like Vegas is in, it's almost like, to me, it's like a bit of a reset. Like, I think they finally got all their pieces, uh, healthy or close to healthy again, um, and they should hopefully be able to get back on track. And, uh, yeah, I think stone is going to start being Mark stone again, sooner than later. Uh, but yeah, two points in his last seven games, like I said, two points in the month, of uh, January. So, uh, he's a guy that I, I just think, you know, there's never really going to be a great time to buy Mark stone, but I, I think now is as good as it gets. Um, and then in that same vein, John Carlson, uh, another guy who just had a really rough, um, January again, um, missed some games and postponed games as well. Uh, but just two points in the entire month of January, one point in his last seven games. Um, so again, this is a guy, you know, I think start of the season or just start of any season you expect him to be uh, in the top three, um, top two or three really um, points, goals, everything for defensemen. Um, and yeah, like, like I said, just another guy that there's really not, not really ever a great time to buy low on John Carlson, but um one point in his last seven games again uh, this is we're talking about uh, a month of uh, of real time here where people just getting you know nothing out of a guy that they would have had to invest really highly in at the start of the season so um like stone i think the frustration levels are probably as high as they're ever going to get with a guy like john carlson so two guys that i think um you know you're, they're not going to be absolute steals but i i think you can get them for actually have decent value right now
0: yeah i like it considering i, I suggested kale mccarr the last time we did buy lows and uh we've seen how that works out so no, these things these things can work. I mean, people get upset with top talent and you can move something that isn't top talent to get that top talent. Um uh,
1: we said, Yeah, like for... Cryder to Mike to Mark or for Mark Stone. I'm making that offer oh, all absolutely. day, you know.
0: And we've seen it before and mentioned it before in hockey, you know, guys that guys that do it every year consistently, it always ends up coming out in the wash. And and Stone might have a little bit more down here, but he's gonna you know, he's gonna average out. There's a reason this guy's had so many good seasons for so long. Um I I think we're obviously like you said, we're just seeing with him just a case of, of the injury bug and just yeah like, and he's still 26 points
1: game. he's yeah. still 26 he even... points in 26 games right so uh but just the fact that he's just been doing absolutely nothing lately um yeah. I, like i said can, i think the, yeah
0: i was gonna say like brock's boy Jasper bratt um for stone if someone's willing to do that like do that in a fucking heartbeat we love Brat. Yeah. i don't know if brock would agree but personally i would just i like you know just the security blanket of mark stone a lot more than
2: yeah, I, I think that you could put them up there right around the same. Like they're they're probably gonna. I think that Stone would most likely be a little bit more consistent moving forward. Um, I think it's pretty obvious based on Brat's, um, point totals in the year that are his own percentage. That you're, you know, nobody really seems to trust yesterday Brat quite as much as uh, Mark Stone. I, I think to a lesser degree too. Sorry, beeps. I know you were getting ready to go here, but I just to piggyback off Mark stone a little bit, it matters patch probably too. Um, yeah. it's only been two games since he returned from injury, but no points, only three shots on goal, which is very unlike max patch Um, and I think that right now, obviously people waited a long time for him to come back a full month. And then he comes back and doesn't really do a whole lot. Um, and I think that right now is the prime opportunity because we've got this all-star break coming up, right? These are two guys that have just kind of come back from injury. That week off might just help them kind of just reset, or not even full week off, but four days off just to reset, get back to full health, and then get out there and just kind of continue pick up where they, they were, you know, before they were hurt the first time. So um, Stone's definitely a prime candidate. I think to a lesser degree, Max Pacioretty, but he's certainly somebody I think that you could probably slide into this list. But who's on your list, Biebs? Uh yeah, so I, I got two here, but but first off, um,
0: I brought this guy down earlier in the show, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it right back up. But it's Elias Pedersen. Uh, D mentioned it just been a complete letdown this year. 11 goals, 13 assists in 44 games, but he's got five goals, two assists in his last seven, which actually might hurt his you know buying low status. Um, one thing that I absolutely love is he's eating so much ice lately. It, it, he's got he had five straight 20 plus minute games um before the weekend and that just goes to show you know just Bruce Boudreau, Boudreau trust this guy or Boudreau sorry trust this guy when you have a new coach and you're seeing production in minutes like this um it's it's a good sign and I, a lot of people are going to be super pissed lot he's kind of fucked them over in drafts and rightfully so um and that's those are the people you want to pick on and don't be afraid to remind those people like hey you know what you drafted him early um that must really suck dude hey here's the deal for you boom um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's probably one of the more obvious by lows, but at the same time, uh, you know, we're looking at a kid which just has so much natural skill and just, he's done it for, um, he's not a half point per game guy and we're going to see better than this. And, uh, you might as well jump on that train now, um, while the minutes are going, because as we're seen by his latest seven games, um, it's already started to get hot and the hotter it gets, the harder it gets, so.
1: Yeah, I, uh, it's always really nice when you see that uptake in production, especially out of a guy like Pedersen, when you expect it, and you can actually point to some tangible change in the approach, uh, like a new boss getting behind the bench and, and doling out the minutes and the assignments a little bit differently. So uh, yeah, definitely feel really good about Pedersen moving forward. Um, tough first half, but I, yeah, it's one of the one of the biggest bounce back candidates for sure.
2: Yeah, and and, you know, as that power play continues to improve as well, um, just no power play production from him early in the season either, which is not something that we, you know, you've been accustomed to seeing. He was such a focal point of that unit, and obviously should be moving forward. But like they were putting him on the second unit there at times just to try to do anything to try to figure it out with him. Um, Biebs, do you have one more? Um, I had one, but it's it's
0: kind of it's it's an odd one. It's just Cam Atkinson. I just wanted to shout him out. He's not necessarily a low as much as he's just kind of by. Either as much as he just plays for the Flyers, yeah, and it's more the fact that he is the number one shooter on that team. He's currently 11th in league shots. Um, you know, he, he's, he's got 35 points in 44 games, so I think for the rest of the year, this guy's gonna put up almost a point per game production. It's just the way he's been playing lately, the amount of minutes he's getting on the ice, the amount of shots we're seeing five, six shots nightly from this guy. It's absolutely bonkers to see. And uh, as this team kind of falls apart, it kind of looks like you know, he's the one in piece that's staying there actually doing. shit um I, I i like you know really attacking someone who who likes to read news articles about 12 straight losses for philly in that because the, that's where you can pick off guys like atkinson um it seems like you know it, that team's going to make some deals going forward claude Giroux out the door basically one foot already um you know that just means even more ice for guys who's, who's getting consistently 20 plus a night so um if you can trade someone for Atkinson, who's at the bottom of your roster, or even someone, someone who started off hot, um, I think this guy's in for a big second half here. Um, it's just you know we love shots, we love minutes on
2: ice, and uh, gotta mention it. He's quietly had a really productive year. He really has. He's been yeah. Nice. He I talk about him on, you know, from DFS perspective quite a bit, just because like playing with Claude Giroux, those two are really the only two that have been able to do anything for the Flyers this season. Um, okay, there's one guy that's on this show that usually takes a lot of flack from us, and it's not because we dislike him, the player, at all. I love the guy. It's his draft stock. Always is way too high, and we just can't get behind it. So what better time, if you're going to not waste that stupid pick, like we told you not to, than to buy low on Brady Kachuk right now. Brady Kachuk has not scored a goal since December 14th. Um, so it's been... You know, well over a month, month and a half now since his last goal, Um, only five assists in that span. So if he doesn't pick one up tonight, that'll be just zero goals, five assists in his last 13 games. Um, But in those 12 games prior to tonight, he had 50 shots on goal. So still doing Brady TK stuff when it comes to shot volume, you know, just close, you know, almost. Five shots a game which is remarkable um so yeah no goals and 50 shots is not really something that you would come to expect with brady kachuk um the one thing that i dislike about it obviously is no josh norris no drake batherson it's unclear how long they're going to be out Uh, batherson definitely sounds like he's going to be out a while um norris could be long term so that hurts but tim stutzel uh and and um kachuk seem to be okay together so we'll see if that continues so I just don't think like there's really his value's never gonna get lower, especially with Norris and Batherson out. I like buying low on Brady TK. And then just another quick goalie shout out here. Um, I think Jack Campbell, obviously, he was lights out for the first you know, three months of the season. He's really fallen on hard times. Uh, especially, you know, tonight as well. Another rough night got pulled in the first period. He has been on an absolutely brutal stretch, but Peter Morazic's been solid. Um in you know small doses but I still don't think the Leafs believe that Peter Mrazek is that guy that's going to take them to the promised lands. I think he was always kind of supposed to be the backup or at least just a, a, a one B scenario to Jack Campbell and Campbell was so good in the early portion of the season. you know, they're definitely going to want to get him going. So I don't think starts are really going to be an issue for Jack Campbell moving forward. Um, you know, you've got other struggling goalies like Jordan Binnington and, 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 and guys like that. I trust Jack Campbell more, um, than I do somebody like Bennington moving forward. And I also think that a little bit of what Camp, what's ailing Campbell is just the Leafs as a whole. I'm sure you could agree, D, that they haven't really been playing all that sharp uh, as of late. You know, And when you're not playing well, you need a goalie to bail you out. And it's kind of been just both things going wrong at the same time. So um, you know, even if he returns just half the production of what we saw early in the season when he was you know maybe the best goalie in the world, He'd be a really good like number three goalie option right now, and you could probably get him for very, very cheap.
1: Yeah, um, saying someone who has him like it's super frustrating. It's been it's been tough like the last basically the last couple of weeks. Like I, it's been really hard to win goalie categories with the you know the numbers he's been bringing in. Um, yeah, I think you know the way he was playing at the start of the year um, certainly masked some of the issues that they they have on the blue line, um, and then also yeah they, they've taken a step back a bit um as well but again we're talking about uh, a five or six game stretch and i i do agree that they're they're going to give him every opportunity um to you know just hold down the job and and, and really um give them every reason to to give him like a, a legit starters workload like we saw um basically up until uh the last week or so so i, I agree and i think another one who is a half decent shout here and, and kind of in that same vein is, is cam talbot um just coming back off injury um and I think if you look at it, and if people look at it, like they say, you know, Kackinen splits are better. Like, there's no reason why they shouldn't just run with Kackinen now. But um, they've got they went they went to him, and I think he left the game after two periods, right? And they they hold on and they got the the win. This was his first game back from injury, uh, and then they went right back to him uh, the next night when when he was cleared to go. So I, I think there's every indication here that they still think Cam Talbot as the starter. Obviously, you know, with how well Kackinen's played while he was out. There's a really good chance that Talbot doesn't get as many starts moving forward, um, you know, as he was in basically a workhorse up until that point. Um, but yeah, I, I think that he's still going to, you know, he's still going to start to me. I think he's still going to get the majority of the starts unless Kahneman starts drastically outplaying him. But again, just another situation where I think Talbot, they see him as their guy and they're going to give him every opportunity um, to earn that number one job. So, just, so despite the fact that, like I said, kackman has been playing so well, and I think his save percentage is about 10 points higher on the year. Uh, i still think that's that's Talbot's crease right now and it's still a, a pretty good hockey team um that's gonna get a lot of wins the rest of the way through so for me talbot's another good guy to to look at just because i think uh owners are gonna be panicking a little bit more than they should
2: i, I think they're a very good hockey team and i just i really Talbot don't think that i just really don't think that they're ever gonna get away from at least giving Talbot fifty percent of those starts um you know like yeah. that would be the worst case scenario for him moving forward and uh so yeah i definitely think that just quickly too, before we head out here, um, Vili Huso is still only 63% owned and Pablo Fransos is still only 52% owned. Um, it's very interesting what's going on in Colorado. Cause like Franco started playing good. Then Kemper's like, fuck, I better like keep my job. And then he started playing lights out and he's like the Darcy Kemper of old, but they've shown a real, um, commitment to kind of rotating those guys and kind of using both of them. Neither one of them has necessarily been a model of health throughout their career. So, um, I think trying to keep both guys fresh is certainly would be in their best interest. And I think that they probably realized that. So uh François has been absolutely light out when he's got the start. We talked about him, you know, months before he even was returning, you know, get this guy on your roster, stash him. Cause we thought his ownership was going to skyrocket and it started to, but then it's kind of, you know, plateaued a little bit. So 52%. I mean, he's still available in half of leagues. And when he gets a start like, – beebs, what was, what was the record? Like 15 and fucking one in, in January. Like when he starts, they're going to win. He's probably yeah. going to give up maybe two goals. Probably going to get a shot at <laughs> Yeah, like that's all <laughs> he does. Rate. So he he definitely is a guy that needs to be picked up in in you know maybe he doesn't need to get to a hundred but he needs to be above 80, 85 percent without a doubt. Huso, um, last I checked, the fucking guys lead the NHL in goals against average and save percentage. I don't know really what more you want. I do.
1: Pennington just continues to get shelled.
2: Yeah, I still again that's every another night. situation where I don't know if they'll ever fully commit to Huso. But even if he starts getting later, pretty close right now, yeah, yeah, even He's if crazy. he starts he started, like every two. Four? He, yeah, if he starts yeah. two out of three every week and you get two starts out of him, then you're you're fine, right? You're still getting you're still getting sixty-six percent of the starts. I, I think that you're you're gonna be happy with that who so at sixty three percent. I know uh, I picked him up in one of my leagues. I like I, I didn't even look. I like I I didn't even look. He had a week. I'm like, there's no way he's still fucking available. I went on him, like, he he was still available. I'm like, okay. Hey, you have to pick him up. Like, I I, he, I picked him up as my fifth goalie because I'm like, well, what the fuck? Like, he, why is he still here? So, yeah. um, he's like... I think if Bennington right
1: starts now. playing better, yeah, I agree, Brock, he'll start getting more starts, but he's just not playing well right now. Like, there's no reason to force him in there when he's giving up four or five goals every time he goes out there. So, if he, I think if he gets a good start, like, he'll get rewarded with another start or another start within a couple of games and could definitely build off that. But I, I, I'd i rather have... I have friends who's like, right now, so looks like the better bet long-term. Um, but of course that could change in, you know, in a heartbeat, um, simply because, you know, you want the app starter, like just, yeah. Can't.
0: I think the, it doesn't I think help. The, uh, Go ahead. Uh, not to say it doesn't help his like Bennington's case that they play Calgary. He gives up seven. And then Houston plays the next two weeks, two nights later. And he gives up one to the exact same team and
2: they win. Yeah. I mean, that's, it was just like the ultimate week of Houston's just going to take your job. Just the, the scales tilting it. No, yeah. but I was just going to say to the one thing about fantasy hockey is like It these are the most tradable assets. A good goalie, like if you get these guys on your team, even if you have to carry an extra goalie for a week or so, like if if somebody goes down with an injury, like there's not going to be a really good replacement on the wire. Where if you have that extra goalie, these are valuable commodities, and you know you might have to waste a roster spot on them for a week or two or three, but. there's gonna come a time where it's going to be worth it. It's going to matter because someone is going to be needy for a goalie, and they're going to they're going to come to you because you're going to have four of them, and you've got the guy who's leading the league in save percentage. So, you know, people are still holding on to Jordan Binnington, thinking this is going to just end, and it probably isn't going to. So, pick up Huso, trade him with the Biddington guy in three weeks when he realizes he fucked up and didn't pick up pick up Huso at the time. So, um, anyways, that's going to do it for today's edition of the DFO podcast um no, unclear what the schedule is going to look like moving forward here with the all-star break and kind of uh a weird week so we'll keep you guys posted on twitter we you know again apologies for not being able to record one last week hopefully this monday episode kind of bridges the gap i think it's a good opportunity for us to preview this this kind of weird week as well so if we end up doing another one we'll let you know on twitter if not expect us back in a couple weeks time or next week same you know regular time thursday so um you know keep it locked at dfo podcast on twitter thank you guys so much for tuning in as always i'm your host brock segan we got dylan D and michael he's Spondy. we'll see you guys back here when we see you just like to remind you all our buzzer brock Rock mm-hmm. and see it. It
0: peace Broken down, so I walk the line. I drop my wounds and I die. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. I fly low like a broken arrow. The time slows and my vision arrows. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. Sing your heart out, sing it loud. Make me happy.